You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine. This is the show in which we traditionally, anyway, look at motion picture films that were made in the United States of America between the years of 1945 and 1965. However, this is season two, so all bets are off. We are proceeding with reckless abandon, and we are inverting our traditional formula this month. Uh, We are now watching movies made in more modern times about said time in the past to gauge how accurate it might be and to see how well they're pulling it off. Because at this point, we're pretty much experts at living uh, in the 40s, 50s, and early 1960s. It basically involves a lot of hats, a lot of cigarette smoking, and a lot of uh, gray suits as well. So we're going to find out if that is existing in these recreations of that era, except for the fact that today it's an extra special episode. It's going to be a little bit manic. It's going to be kind of all over the place. Not a lot of structure. Maybe you will never have heard a podcast quite like this one before, because we're talking about 1991's... 1991? I think so. 1991's Oliver Stone's JFK... And we've chosen that because obviously when this comes out, the day this comes out, it will be the 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. So, oh, this is Jay-Z here, of course, with Catherine Sherlock. Hey. Hello. Shushman Ike. Hello. Thanks for joining. Uh, They are my international panel of experts. I told you, it's all over the place. We're picking up. We're dropping off. What do you guys want to put in the boom room? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just playing with the timeline, you guys. Okay. He... (laughs) Who remains? What? <laughs> this is a reference to Loki season two and season one, no. to be honest. You couldn't even do a Marvel's reference? We just saw it. You that- didn't know it. I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, make a reference that I understand. Talk about the cat eating people. But the guy who plays with the timelines is he who remains. Oh, I did not know that. So maybe you should watch Loki season one and two. If we could take it back, you guys, to episode zero of our program. Oh, wow. And we were laying out the entire thesis for why this show exists and what we're all doing here. We were talking about why we closed the window of time at 1965, right? Mm. So the idea is because making a motion picture extravaganza does take literally hundreds of people and a lot of time, months and months, if not years to put together, there's some cultural lag that happens between making a movie and the actual culture of the times and everything. So... We closed the window at 1965 because 1964 and the end of 1963 were really the pivot point. The the craziness starts here. We isolated three different things, or I did anyway. I mean, maybe you guys don't agree with me at all. And if you have other ideas, please share them. This is the place to do it. But number one was the Kennedy assassination, November 22nd, 1963. This changes at least society in the U.S., Uh, It starts a cultural fracturing, or maybe it doesn't start it, but certainly amplifies whatever is happening, Mm because everything afterwards leads us to where we are today in the United States of America, which is wild, to say the least. Number two 
We had escalation in Vietnam. LBJ, right. the uh, next president up, he sends one hundred and twenty thousand people, maybe maybe more, maybe less. Not, not quite sure, but pretty sure it's six figures at least troops overseas, and basically takes what was at first a police action is what we called it, and just starts a war basically. So, or gets involved in a civil war that we have no place business being a part of. Classic U.S., right? But it was really the U.S. fighting uh, Russia. Yes, by proxy. Right. Yes. So. Very good. Mm. Look at mm-hmm. you. Nice. Studied my history. All right. All right. Cold War Queen over here. Shrishma Naik is in the house, ready to dish on <laughs> Vietnam. And number three, of course, was the arrival of the Beatles in America. So as we talk about this on the 60th anniversary, what is so curious is... That the U.S. and Russia are still at war. True. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Beatles have just re-released music. They have a number one album. (laughs) (laughs) What was the other one? Uh, Oh, the assassination. So So who's going to get killed then? Well, what I'm curious is, these are all significant, pivotal moments. However, do they last to today? Because it's shocking to me that the Beatles have a number one song Mm -hmm. in the year 2023. And are the talk of the town. I mean, it's kind of crazy because they have existed. There's not very much else from that era that has come through in any significant way. Now, that being said, the week before this recording, the Rolling Stones put out an amazing record, too. So that is Stones and the Beatles. That, those will be your cultural relics that are going to carry through, apparently. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Well, that was and that's a, even that goes back even further. Mm-hmm. So, right. But it is, I, I believe... I heard Chuck Klosterman, he might have been referencing Ken Burns, the documentarian, but basically about a conversation about how, as generations proceed, most of what they identify with culturally disappears. Like 97%, 98%. So what I'm curious about is this 60th anniversary of the assassination, does anybody give a shit? Does it mean anything to anybody? Um, Did you have to be alive at the time and experience it to feel like it is meaningful to you? Because you know me. I like this stuff. Is it meaningful to you? Not particularly. Okay. Not that I... I mean, it is sad in a very detached, remote sense in the same way that anybody's death is kind of sad or... Something that could have happened, you know, or the equivalent of like Lincoln being shot. Actually, I think Lincoln bothers me more than Kennedy, uh, if only because of the place the country was in. Now, anyway, I'm just curious. Do you guys have any relationship with this murder? No. <laughs> okay. Is I it- must say that no. no I don't think no. it impacted at least my personal life in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I've never heard my parents speak about mm-hmm. About this, so I would have to say no. Okay, and Catherine. Yeah, anything? I think pretty pretty much the same. I I think the only thing I have is curiosity. If it hadn't have happened, where would we be now? Right, and this is, I guess, ultimately the big question raised by today's movie. Listen, I didn't do a summary for this. <laughs> <laughs> this, what's the fucking point? Okay, here's your summary, everybody. A district attorney, Jim Garrison from Louisiana gets interested in the Kennedy assassination and uh, tries to figure it out. 
And in the process, meets a lot of crazy characters, gets a lot of crazy stories and ideas. And it is very interesting. And he writes a book. Did he write a book? I mean, sure the movie is based on a book that this guy wrote. Okay, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. And not much comes of it. Well, that's not, that's not true at all. Not much comes of it. Because if anything, we get the Zapruder film mm. out of it. <sighs> guys, I don't even know how to talk. Again, this is a crazy episode. One-line reviews? You guys, you guys have any? Uh, Not, well. Let's just do general thoughts. Okay. Shrishma, tell me about so your experience I, with JFK. Did you I, see this? I am a sucker for a good conspiracy theory. Mm, I had a feeling. <laughs> As you know, you mm-hmm. don't know what you don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, So it's always a question of, well, it could be. So why not? Um, but this one seemed kind of eccentric. Like he was talking to like <laughs> a, a handsome young Kevin Bacon, was it? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a, a call boy, a call boy in jail. He wants to give him a boardroom handy. He wants to be promoted. <laughs> <laughs> but I must say, um, in this one and the and the movie last time that I was not able to be here for Far from Heaven, um, there's just not enough smoking. For the sixties, right? I mean, this is a this is a truth. If mm-hmm. if we've witnessed anything on our adventures through time and or space, it's people smoking, crushing those fucking coffin nails, just one after the other. And you're right. I think what we noticed, at least, we we called it out in Vast of Night. I forget if we called it out in Far from Heaven, but we have smoking avatars, sort of. We have representational smoking. Mm. So we have the radio DJ, cool guy. He's the one smoking on behalf of all of New Mexico. In Far From Heaven, we have Dennis Quaid, I think. He's pretty much the one chaining it throughout there. You know, maybe here and there you catch an odd one uh, with one of the background players, but mostly it's him representing that like, oh yeah, people smoked all the time. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what's up. Um, I feel like there was some pretty good smoking in this movie when the whole gang is together around like the long table, like batting ideas around and like comparing notes and everything. I feel like there's smoking there maybe. Yeah, I think so. There was definitely a lot of smoke in the air. It was the the Mm -hmm. atmosphere was smoky. And 91 at this point, we haven't gone 100% anti, you'll still see a cigarette in a movie in 91. That does stop though at a certain point. I'm not quite sure when. I think now when they have smoking, there'll be like a warning. Right. Which, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I'd rather have the warning than the alternative, which was we're going to digitally remove cigarettes from people's hands. Mm. Something that happens from time to time. Okay. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. People smoked. They were just smoking. They loved to smoke. Everybody was addicted to cigarettes. It's just what life was like, everybody. Um, okay. So, not enough smoking for your liking. We get, we get uh, at this point, we should specify that while... The assassination was in 1963. Most of this movie takes place in the early 70s, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or late 60s. No, no, actually late 60s, because we see Bobby Kennedy and we see I think the investigation starts three years after the assassination. Okay, okay. Fully. I think there was there was a bit of investigation at the time and then mm-hmm. it kind of got shelved and then he kind of went back to it. I think it was three years. Something like that. Okay, that makes sense. It's 
there's a significant amount of time after the killing that this is brought up again because there's mm. time for there to be the Warren Commission and the Warren Report subsequently that was mm. published. The multi-volume things with which Jim Garrison reads and he just like can't fucking believe he's like these. They didn't even question this guy. They didn't even ask the question. Why didn't they ask the question? Um, but what's the question? Well, I'm sure, you know, grassy knoll, something like why? that. Why? No, whatever. Why is the question? Well, why, why is a great question. Anyway, continue on, Trishma. What else? What else are you taking away from this? Um, Do you have any specific conspiracy questions? Like, did did any... My concern was that, like, you were going to watch this and be like, this dude fucking blew it wide open, and this is crazy, and why aren't we talking about this? The reason is, like, <laughs> I could believe the conspiracy theory. Like, the CIA did it. Like, okay. I'm fully on board with that as a, a viable option of, uh, of what okay. happened. Okay, okay. Um, it's just like there were a lot of crazy, like all the characters along the way were kind of like a little too kooky. <laughs> Let's run them down. <laughs> Joe Pesci. Yes. Yeah. Um, Eyebrows. Hello. Oh my goodness. And, and, and the, the tube. The syrup. And the, yeah. And the, and the, uh, the mice, the cancer mice he's experimenting with. And the, I mean, this is, uh, what an oddball. What a wild character for Joe Pesci to play. Hmm. Have you seen Goodfellas? I've seen Home Alone. Okay, so you, I mean, that's good enough. <laughs> Honestly, good enough. Like, that gives you an idea. Yeah. Goodfellas, though. Yeah, it's a good movie. Oh, okay. my God. Should be called Greatfellas, maybe? <laughs> Hello. Uh, I'll show myself out. Why don't you go away? So we've got him. Let's talk about Clay Shaw, Clay Bertrand Shaw. Yep. Mr. Tommy Lee Jones, of course, in a. Another incredible piece of hair mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and just attitude and way of life and dressing up in gold body paint and making love to uh, handsome satyrs and whatever the fuck is going on over at the Shaw household. Mm-hmm. Bananas, awesomely bananas. Yeah, kind of kooky. You're right. Um, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yep. He was the trolling. one who stood out for me, I would say. Okay. What in particular? Of all the people, Kevin Bacon. No, I just because he looks so handsome, but then he was also like kind of crazy. He's handsome man. <laughs> and it's nice to see these familiar faces from like in their youth. I guess like sure, I yes, haven't, yeah. I probably haven't seen him so early on, right? In, in in the movie, so that was interesting. This is pretty early. Have you ever seen Friday the Thirteenth? No. The original one? No. Nope. Because he stars, he's in that. Okay. And that's eighty one. I want to say so. Like he's a baby. He's okay. So okay. My yeah. ref, my Kevin Bacon reference point Give it is Footloose. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. I've never seen it. If Carolyn was here, she would tell us all about it. Oh my god! Oh my god! It transformed my life. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Let's get into that. No. How? Okay. <laughs> I think. Uh, okay, so I was on a school trip. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, in Jersey, which is you know one of the Channel Islands. Um, Jersey, you cannot. Uh, gotcha. The old Jersey, not New Jersey. Uh, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no way my school could have got across like the Atlantic. It would be curious that you would take a trip to New Jersey of all places. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. Jersey, Jersey. Grand yeah, to Canyon. practice our French, probably. But obviously, that didn't really happen. Anyway, we went to the cinema um, one evening, watched Footloose. And I don't know. It was just like something really clicked in me in terms of dancing and that um, expression and release um, of energy. Um, and I 
came out of the cinema and I just wanted to run and run and run and be physical and move. Mm. Obviously, I didn't do that because I was <laughs> with my um, like classmates who would have just like, I mean, my life was terrible anyway at that point mm. and they would have made it even worse if had I stood out in any way. But that's how I felt inside. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it really, it really was, it really hit me. I, I was 14, I think, when I saw that. Makes sense. Okay. And this, this stuck with you and mm. you did it eventually carry through and allow, give yourself to dance in a certain level? I clubbed pretty hard at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I've, seen, I've seen you go pretty hard. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like this makes sense, mm. but I, I, I didn't realize there was a triggering moment that. Yeah. Catherine, I had no idea. Thank you for sharing your, your story. <laughs> I had no idea. So that, that's my, that, you know, Kevin Bacon inspiring me and then me being so blocked that I can't actually do anything with that really until it comes to clubbing. Wow. And it, and it just, you, it was like waking up for you. Yeah, it was. It really, it really did wake something up. Kevin Bacon. Mm. Yes. JFK. JFK. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes. Weird right off track. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Folks at home, you will not have heard the last 10 minutes, but quite an adventure. <laughs> a lot of different stories coming out about <laughs> dancing and how we all dance, <laughs> how we live with dance or don't or whatever. <laughs> Fascinating bonus material. Okay. So we were talking about <laughs> crazy people. Uh, the other crazy guy, Mr. X, Donald mm-hmm. Sutherland. Mm-hmm. I mean, who looks like a straight, right? But he's crazy. That dude is oh, fucking yeah. crazy. Okay. But that's that's the lion's share of crazy people, I would say. Other than your main players, your Oswalds and your Rubies and all that stuff. But we were talking about impressions. So you had never seen this before? No. Okay. And and mind you, I grew up... I didn't grow up. I lived in Dallas. So like I've right. seen the whole... Like I walked down where he was shot, the museum, the the. So I wow. know all of it. See, I'm so jelly because I want to do that shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Catherine, had you mm. you'd seen this before? Yeah, I had seen it before actually. Okay, yeah. and major takeaways. Yeah, I kind of have to be doing something else while it's on <laughs> because it's just. It was very it, frantic. It, I it was very frantic. Yeah. I don't do well with frantic, and it, it's almost it's just like. The entire volume is taken up. There's no space for you to take anything in. He's just throwing stuff it's at just you. It's all just- the time, continuously, and then it changes, and then there's another person, and they're all mental. And, it, yeah, it, it was just just too wedged for me. Yeah. Um. So I think I, I did actually watch this at Christmas when I, I had a jigsaw on the go, so it was kind of in the background. So I'm really focused on the jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. JFK is a cozy three it, it hours was long. Exactly. It was perfect for like yeah, masking yeah. the fact that I get obsessed with my jigsaw and I can't leave it alone. So three hours, that's, you oh, know, wow. go like that. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway. But then I did watch it again and I thought, you know, I'm going to sit and watch it. And I just couldn't. I just <laughs> fell asleep. And... What part sends you off to sleep? Because uh, it is so manic. I mean, it is. I was. I fell asleep after the first hour or something. I, bearing in mind, I did have quite a heavy head cold, so it's mm, not just okay, okay. that. 
Mm-hmm. But it was just all a bit much. It was all a bit wedged. Um, too much going on. And I could really do have done with somebody drawing a breath so that you, you know, you can allow something to sink in. Right. But the second you allow that to happen, I think everything else unravels in a way. I mean, as soon as you pick one thread, everything. Okay. So that's why it's going at a million miles an hour. I think so. Because let me just give Carol and my sister and yours, of course, Carol and Rose, she is on assignment right now. That's why she's not here. But I did. she did send a message. This movie seems like it was fueled entirely by cocaine and conspiracy theories consumed by the director. A very succinct concise way of putting what is probably true. So, mm-hmm. yes, this movie has, since it came out, been accused or lauded or whatever, just identified as being a movie that just takes all the shit in the bucket and throws it on the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. And that's the methodology behind it. So let's talk about, as we talk about normally, this is not a movie show. It's a show about time, right? But let's talk about, because... This is a wild, unusual film for us uh, in, on our adventure here. We'll talk a little bit about Oliver Stone. And this is kind of peak Oliver Stone. Uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the rest of his body of work, but you know he wrote Scarface, the, the Pacino Scarface, and he directed Platoon. He was a uh, Vietnam vet. So this is his, especially this part of the first 10 years of his filmmaking career is basically him trying to come to terms with his experience over there. Okay. So he puts out Platoon, which is about life being in the shit over there. Um, And then he also does Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise, which is about coming back from the shit. Mm. And then this movie is him trying to, seemingly trying to come to terms with the official governmental, the systems, the bureaucracy's reasons for why we were over there Mm -hmm. and trying to make some sense out of that, which we get a lot of, especially with the Mr. X scene, which is like my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. I have to say that was possibly the only bit that wasn't, it wasn't quite a million miles an hour. See, I I think, oh, wow. That's interesting. Cause it is, it's, it's the same thing, but just more. it's, It's intense, but I think it's just his delivery is much calmer. And there's nothing yes. else going on around it. There's not a lot of like scene changing or anything like that. They're just sitting talking. Just the, yeah. And he is delivering a lot of information in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's clear and concise. And it start, It actually makes sense. That's the bit that kind of makes sense. You're like, you mm-hmm. feel like you're actually getting facts at this point. It's not just like a whole bunch of, as you say, random shit just flung at the wall. This this is actually fact. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So this will lead us to our ultimate question, which I don't even know how to phrase it, but like watching it this time, because I did watch it. I didn't watch it recently, but I watched it like a month ago. So fairly recently. And I've also seen this a billion times because I got into this in high school okay. and I was all so about it. So what did you get into? Is it like the conspiracy theory or is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. so appealing, right? Okay. I mean. It is very appealing. These days, for me personally, not so much, uh, if only because I'm a believer in most conspiracies are not true just because people can't keep their mouth shut. You know, like we would have heard the actual something conclusive or we would have heard something relevant, yeah, factual. Yeah, killed everybody. <laughs> so, but you don't believe that 
like the government controls the information so much that it's impossible no. for some of no, us. No, I just I don't believe in uh, I don't believe government is that organized. I, I don't. It's too much information. They don't have any control over most of it. I would say. I mean, th- these days maybe because of the internet and like as soon as things happened, it's out there and everyone's got their phones and filming and whatever. But back then, I think they might have had more of a shot of keeping a lid on things. Yes, yes, I would agree. I mean, certainly we saw throughout that era, famously, JFK, the man, Mm. he's a dog. He's a dirty dog. Mm. And he's out there fucking everybody. Mm. And everybody knew about it. Mm. I mean, they're like shuffling these women, you know, sneaking Marilyn Monroe into the White House through like the underground tunnels and things like that. Mm. These are all things that the press knew about, but because of the presidency and the image and everything, it was just sort of gentleman's agreement. We don't talk about this stuff publicly. Mm. So when did that end? Because now it's yeah. open season, right? Great question. I, I'm not exactly sure. 80s maybe? Mm. 80s, 90s? Because certainly, Catherine, in your country anyway, tabloids have a lot of clout, right? Mm. And, and for, I don't know when that would have started, like your tabloid culture, but and I be- don't know. I mean, I I feel it got really horrific in the 80s. Sure, I, mean, I mean, to the point where you're just like, I mean, they're just uh, being so awful to celebrities and- well, Culminating in Diana just, and all yeah, that. I mean, it, it was just horrific. Right. So, and, and I feel like it's obviously a little bit different. The US is a much larger physically and population wise, a much larger place. I, I'm not sure when tabloid culture really exploded for us over there. I would say probably 80s, early 90s. So maybe in sequence with this movie coming out. Anyway, this is the long way of coming around to, to asking the question of while this movie is intriguing and exciting to watch, I think anyway, or at least if you are interested in conspiracies or something, especially a monumental conspiracy like the JFK assassination, which is kind of like king of conspiracies. I can't think of many that are up there on the same level as far as if it was a real thing, the amount of people and resources that would have to go into not only like executing whatever the plan was, but then keeping said plan quiet and everything. At this point, I feel like we would have heard something. Somebody somewhere in the chain would have talked. Now, as we record this, I know that there is a book that has either come out or will be coming out. You're going to be hearing about this guy who was Secret Service at the time, who has just released his memoir and has changed his story about the the bullet, the magic bullet. Yeah, that and, was clearly ridiculous. Well, what's ridiculous about it, Catherine? Tell me. Like um, the, the path and everything? Yeah, the, yeah. Ch- changes direction, the number of wounds right. one single bullet okay. causes yes. without then having a single scratch on the bullet itself. Okay. I'm so glad you brought it up. Let's get into it. This is what I want to talk about because once you read about this stuff, you see that the movie. And you've read it all. Mm, I've gone deep enough to feel confident. I'm going to give you the line that my nearest and dearest will recognize. The ballistics are conclusive. Okay. So. (laughs) I'm sorry. I thought Carolyn. I was in the room so, for a minute. Like, <laughs> she would be so proud. She should be here. Or old David Time Machine should be here because he's the weapons man. But here's the deal. 
There might be a larger conspiracy involving the CIA or the mafia. They didn't get too deep into the mafia. No. In this, which is shocking because that is such a huge part of it. So, Shrishma, do you know the mafia angle? Um, I don't remember. Okay, so the general idea is that Joe Kennedy. The who, brother. The dad. Oh. So the Kennedys are an American dynasty of sorts. Um, Joseph Kennedy, he made his fortune bootlegging, is my understanding. <laughs> During Prohibition in the 1920s, that's how the Kennedys got their bank, right? They become very powerful as a family name uh, in politics, especially local politics in uh, Massachusetts. And um, John is a war hero. Uh, He writes a a memoir about his experience, PT-109, I think it's called. Um, he's He's on a cruiser during the war that sinks. He saves some people, something like that. I can't remember. But he's a hero. He's a national hero as a young man coming out of the Second World War. And... He gets into politics very young. Um, and during his presidential election, so the story goes, the mafia helps Joe Kennedy get his son elected by oh. going to Chicago, which is a mafia stronghold, mm-hmm. gathering names of people who have died, uh, but are still- Oh, that old chestnut. On the register, yep. Still, are they still doing that? Do I'm sure somewhere, something? I mean- <laughs> Although that being said, with the recent election fraud nonsense we've been mm, dealing with the last exactly. decade, mm. uh, actually, it seems to be a fairly good system somehow. I mean, I'm shocked, <laughs> but no, I can't believe it either. No, uh, I mean, I come from India, and if you hear some of the shit that happens there. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, at least I feel like yours is like civilized voter fraud. Well, they're going through, extent, at least there's at know? least steps you can take right. of like reviewing, reviewing and recounts yeah. and all that right. stuff. So, I mean, and that shit apparently works. So in India, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> tell us. Um, a billion people. And, tell and us. <laughs> it's a billion people. And there's there's people in all spectrums of the socioeconomic economic ladder, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it's so easy for people to buy votes. Yeah, right. In, well, and that in return of you know food or even just you know basic um, rations for a day will be enough to like buy a substantial population of votes. Sure. So and, and what a great happens, system because right? ultimately, if you're somebody who's hungry and you need something to eat. Who gives a fuck about voting at that right. point? Like, right. especially then, if you know it's all yeah, a sham, you know? And then, yeah, and no, they don't have, the, like, not everyone has the education. Mm-hmm. You don't have the information. So it's just people, like, people in power preying on those that don't have it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you know, so usual story of <laughs> politics, power, and corruption. Corruption, yeah, yep. of course. So that's the mafia angle. If there's like an in for why it's, you know, they felt like they weren't getting the return on their investments. Mm. Also, if you watch your Scorsese movies, if you watch Irishman and Casino and Goodfellas, which Trishman, you got to check these out. It's a fucking trip. You know, the thing with Scorsese movies, like they're so into that world of the mafia and then the, the Italians, you know, but they're trying to bring you into it. They like, (laughs) they succeed because, (laughs) well, I'll tell you about the Italians. If you want to, you want to get into it. I get it. Like even, um, the one, uh, 
the one on Netflix. Irishman. Yes. Mm. yes. It's so long. Yeah. Yes. I, I almost couldn't. And to not have that. musical numbers to break up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I totally get it. And I felt the same way until I went back to it. At the start of this summer, actually, you know, it was one, we talked about this. One of my deep dive weeks was Mafia, and then I watched Irishman, and then I read the book it's based on, and then I watched it again, and I was like, "Oh, it's brilliant! It's amazing!" So, like Irishman, mm-hmm. you've got the Teamsters Union, right, mm-hmm. which is led by Jimmy Hoffa, played by Al Pacino, which is also very much in league with organized crime, mm-hmm. the Mafia, and they're using. The Teamster pension funds for all these shady investments. You'll see this in casino. Those funds also go to starting casinos that are then back room run by the mob who skim off the top for everything. And then everybody gets kickbacks. Everybody involved politically gets a kickback from it. So, you know, everybody's involved in this con. And what you hear Jimmy Hoffa complaining about throughout the entire Irishman is fucking Bobby Kennedy, right? And when John Kennedy gets killed, there's a scene where a fairly powerful scene actually where this happens when they're having ice cream at an ice cream parlor Hoff is obsessed with ice cream and he's under investigation by Bobby Kennedy who's attorney general at that point under his Mm -hmm. brother and he just go he just watches the news everybody's like gasping at this place like watching it on television he just goes back to eating his ice cream and he's asked about it later, and he's like, "Well, it sounds like uh, Bobby Kennedy doesn't have a case anymore. It's you know, it's not like national grief or mourning or anything like that. It's just him being a prick about it. So, all of these things tie together. Is that why Kennedy was killed? I don't know. Is the CIA now? Kennedy- I mean, I would believe the CIA angle the most because they have Very the most honest. resources because, for it. Yeah, or and I just I don't know. Yes, the CIA be shady, man. Like I I believe oh, the yeah. CIA is capable of anything, so. especially yeah. in those days. That's those, the, like yeah. the real start of the shadiness. Sorry, <laughs> don't <laughs> come at me. <laughs> Shrishma, they're listening to everything we say right now. You know our, our podcast is so popular. Uh, yeah, well, of course, especially in the intelligence community, right. they all love it. Exactly. I get emails from the NSA regularly. Hey everybody, breaking in here to this thrilling episode of Conspiracy and Mystery and the 1960s JFK to tell you all about our fabulous products and services. Today, we're going to put some shine on our YouTube page. hey That's right. We've got a YouTube page and a lot of people don't know about it, but it exists and you can find all of our episodes up there as well as some bonus material too you can get some clips up there you can find out what the term boardroom handies means <laughs> you can <laughs> my favorite mm-hmm. um and also Trishman and i have been doing this thing called uh chrono photo mm-hmm. chrono photo i'm not sure how to pronounce it is that out it is it's live we've had oh. f- five views so we need people to go look at it okay basically it's we were trying to promote our new season here and uh, it's a game where we're given five pictures and we have to guess what year that picture was taken. And we were really good. We're actually pretty good at it. We so check it out. Yeah. Um, a case, we're, we're, we call ourselves the time detectives. We were the time detectives. Um, <laughs> case number one is the case of the anachronistic tank. So check that out. Ooh. You can just make a little search in your YouTube and you'll find us. It's the blue cover and it's all this. You'll you'll recognize it. If you're here and hearing this, you will recognize it uh, on video. So please go check it out. 
Smash that subscribe button, all right? Ring that bell. You love this shit. Old Movie Time Machine, YouTube, videos. Check it out. Be a part of the experience. And if you do, we're going to thank you, just like we will right now. Ready? One, two, three. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh, and a round of applause, too. Sure, why not? That's them smashing the subscribe button. Oh, ding. I hear it. Ding. (laughs) And now back to the show. Yeah, okay, so CIA, what could the possible motives be? Well, Kennedy does not want to escalate a war in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But they also were, they were calling him a communist, right? Because he doesn't want to do the war, war. by proxy. Yeah. Thing, you know, so it's all of this. This is the terrible mindset of the Cold War. And yes. then the whole, like, <laughs> the whole, like, you know, voting against the war, um, which obviously will drive um, weapon sales, which brings exactly. more money. Yeah, so exactly. that whole cycle yeah, that, yeah, is that, so plausible to right. me. Indeed. Yeah, that, that whole machinery. And we that is still so well established today is yes. what I feel. Yeah. That war uh, machinery. Yes, and it's the industrial military com- hmm. complex, right. which Eisenhower warned the country about. He had a fucking television address saying like, hey, guys. As I step out of this position, mm. um, I would just like to remind you all that we are not in the business of just being a country run on war or one yeah. run by the Because they winds actually of war. played that in, in this in the film. Beginning, right? That's right. They do. They yes, that's right. The movie with the- it's amazing. God, mm. that's, this is a crazy movie, you guys. Um, um, and so this is why I, I'm inclined to, you know, there's some truth in these conspiracy mm. theories. Okay. Okay. Because this. Yep. This military complex that mm-hmm. you just, I think they will go to no lengths to keep it running. Just yeah, so much the, money. The, exactly. The, the money involved is so astronomical. Yeah. Right. It like, it's, it's like no, no life is worth, yeah. you know, yeah. compromising that profit. Right. And when you see the way that they stage some of these hypothetical scenes of military brass, you know, black and white, sitting around these smoky rooms talking about stuff behind the president's back about, Mm. you know, especially with Johnson, who at that point, it's not like it's politics as usual. It's not like LBJ and JFK were besties just because he's the vice and he's the prez Mm. and they're a team and all this stuff like that was purely political. They didn't necessarily like each other. LBJ does run Texas, though, and so that's a huge amount of people and uh, a very influential voice in the American conversation, right? Um, Mm. And also, you know, a lot of money down there, a lot of oil money. Of course. A lot of of power comes out of Texas. Mm -hmm. And so it does, when Stone presents these scenes of them talking about like, you know, I don't want them taking these people out of goddamn Vietnam, you know, like that stuff, it totally plausible Mm -hmm. that's how that dude talked all of you know the joint chiefs of staff of the military all very hawkish at this point again these are all veterans of world war ii korea they've been through the shit they from their point of view if you want to see it they had the actual wartime experience that led to the stability relatively of a cold war rather than a hot war and they know what war looks like. Right. So these are the guys making the decisions about 
firebombing Tokyo or dropping the bomb. Right. Or, like those are the people, you know, and they have to make this is the again the brutal calculus of warfare. This is why we don't like war, right? And, but this well, war- we seem to really like war. Mm, oh, there's so much money it in it, Shirsma. It and keeps also, happening. Oh, and, <laughs> and we all believe in our own gods, and it's just a big old thing that we want to kill each other over. It's a huge fucking thing. I know, I know, Shrishma. So, all of this to say that the mechanics of a conspiracy of this level, there's certainly cause, there's certainly enough parties involved who are interested in making such a thing happen, Mm. and there's certainly a lack of oversight that exists within the system to allow something like this to happen. So when, again, to go back to Mr. X, Donald Donald Sutherland, amazing performance for 10 minutes of screen time. I mean, like I love every word he says and the way he says it is so good. Star of the show for me. Uh, But when he talks about the fact that, you know, he would have been responsible for putting military personnel on the parade route or, you know, Mm -hmm. like managing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Going and scoping things out, nobody would have allowed an open window with yeah. a clear path of the vehicle, you know, all well, that, that stuff. Twisty route where it had to slow down. Ru- exactly. Yes. Yep. All of that totally again, it's like, yeah, that does make like why did that happen? Mm-hmm. Those things. Now, when it comes to the actual murder, this is where I feel confident. Again, the ballistics are conclusive. It's always like, how could one man do this, right? Mm-hmm. How could one man? And then we see it in the movie. Stretch me like. No finish. Sorry. Well, we see them in the book depository. They Garrison takes his people down to Dealey Plaza, and they go to the actual window and look down with a with a gun, and they talk about how difficult it would be. And that being said, again, when you dig into the reality of this, Lee Harvey Oswald was a trained sniper in the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you watch, I think it was a 50th anniversary special, maybe History Channel. I don't know. It was a big special about this where traditionally, as they say in the, the film and in some of the early literature, like that particular rifle, it's real cheap. It's hard to load. It's not very mm-hmm. accurate and everything. You couldn't do it, get, get three shots off in the amount of time that is suggested, whatever. And then you watch this old man. I'll never forget this old man, except I don't remember his name, but I can find him for you. He's like, people talk about not being able to fire this weapon. He's like, here, set a clock. And he picks up a rifle and he fires three shots within the amount of time. Old man, 70, 80 years old. And you go, oh, yeah, I guess that is feasible. Yeah, but accurately. Well, it wasn't uh, rushed. He was sighting, firing, putting out the shell putting the new bullet in, you know, like you see it, like it's methodical, it's feasible, mm. especially if you are a trained sniper. So that's one part of it. Let's talk about the magic bullet, right, Catherine? Mm-hmm. So that bullet, when you look at it, looks immaculate, right? Mm-hmm. Except when you look at it end on and you notice that it's been flattened very clearly uh, on, it's warped on all sides. Like it was... Here's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to reveal it for you, okay? They cracked this uh, on the 50th anniversary. It's a Nova special. You can find it. It's on YouTube. It's called Cold Case JFK. Oh. And they take this rifle. It's a Carcano rifle. It's an Italian cheap rifle. And they they go to a range and they fire it. 
and they tell you what they learn about it. And what they learn is that, I don't know how much you know about a gun, but a rifle is called a rifle because there is rifling on the inside of the barrel. Mm -hmm. So there's a groove that spirals out to the end. That's Mm -hmm. the rifling. Now, what happens is you have an explosion when you pull the trigger that then takes the back end of a bullet, the heat and the, the force of it expands the back end of the bullet that catches in the groove and creates the spin, right? So that creates incredible accuracy. So in the old days of smooth bore, uh, like muskets say, mm. you're just putting, you're plunking a thing down there and just making an explosion and wherever the fuck it lands, it lands. This is a thing that actually has, you yes. can- Target. Yes, exactly. Mm, okay. So what's special about, <laughs> is this okay, Shrishma? <laughs> Are it's you with really me? Cute. I'm with you. I just, I just want to make. Tell it, us about guns. Justin. I want to make it. You making fun of me? <laughs> I just want to make it clear because the ballistics are there. They're conclusive. Conclusive. Okay. Go ahead. This will be a drop, right? The ballistics are conclusive. That's the one. We'll isolate that. But the intentions of the man are not. Now, exactly. That's true. Totally true. But the actual mil- the murder, the killing. There's no way he could do it. He can do it. Okay. And so, we're talking about Oswald at this point. Yes, we're talking about Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, what's special about the Carcano rifle they discovered during this ballistics test is that the shape of the bullet, you know what a bullet looks like, yes. right? I'm, it's a crazy question. I know, but there's a reason. Yes, I know what a bullet. I mean, you sh- like the... They're, they're pointy, right? Yeah, they're the pointy top. like yes. that. Here's the deal with this particular rifle. Mm. And the reason he bought it was because it's the cheapest rifle. So that's why he used it. It's fucking cheap, right? Mm-hmm. He ordered it out of a catalog. Or it could be a calculated CIA move. Oh, Shrishma, now we're going too deep. Occam's razor. Occam's razor. The simplest solution tends to be correct, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he bought it because it's cheap. So everyone will think it was just a one-off <laughs> execution. <laughs> you think the CIA is stupid? <laughs> Okay, um, so these bullets that are used in this rifle, they're not shaped pointy like that. Okay. They're shaped more straight like this, and then there's a just a very, like a dome top, basically. Mm. What's unique about this is the fact that they fire differently than traditional bullets that we're talking about that you would recognize, right? So because they don't go like this, but they're like this... And th- this is great for podcasting, but because they're straight right. and not pointy, right. the straight sides, when the gun is fired, catch the rifling in such a way, like there's more surface area, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a tighter spin. And when it leaves the weapon, it remains tighter. So when you see a pointy bullet leave the weapon, it starts to go like this. It starts okay. to have mm. like a procession you know, that mm-hmm. goes to it. And the more it hits the atmosphere and everything, the more all those things will play into the trajectory and the path. So what they discovered with this particular rifle and the way that it leaves the weapon, the the bullet leaves the weapon, is that because of the tightness of the rotation on the bullet, it starts to yaw. So it starts to go like this. Mm. And so when we talk about the magic bullet and the different angles and everything, the other thing to keep in mind is that the way they lay out that car is incorrect. So 
there's the governor of Texas sitting in the, the front seat, right? And that's the big mystery is like, well, how did it get through his, you know, his head mm-hmm. to his shoulder to his wrist and everything? The way the car is set up, like those seats actually are positioned more in and they're, they're sunk lower as well. So if you actually line up the wounds, it's mm-hmm. totally feasible. Okay. You can look at the bullet as it goes through Kennedy, which slows the bullet, mm-hmm. which means that when it makes impact with the governor, it's not going to look like a traditional mangled bullet. That's why it doesn't, you know, it's why it's magical. It's why it doesn't look uh, like it hit anything because if you look at a bullet that's been fired and hit bone like it looks mangled right in this case it doesn't look that way from the side anyway um so when it hits when it hits kennedy's body it slows the bullet enough to where when the bullet exits again with the yaw you can see on the governor's shirt it's it's the shape of the actual bullet it's not round Mm -hmm. it's it's a sideways bullet that then goes through the back and he's holding his hat and it comes out here and it hits his wrist and that's what it, you know, so, Mm. and when they test this, they, they're using different elements. So they're using um, a material that replicates flesh that is uh, reflexive. So you can, it's like a gelatin basically. So they did super slow motion photography on how the bullet goes through this block of goo and you can see the bullet, because it's gelatinous, you can see the bullet go through it and like the the tunnel it causes. And then they also use a more solid version that does the same thing, but actually maintains the shape when the bullet leaves. So they just did it. It didn't take very long. And they start to notice this thing about the bullet and how it behaves and the yaw. And they keep getting the same thing over and over and over again. When you line it up with the actual wounds and the evidence that goes around the wounds, the you know the shirt with the bullet hole and everything, it matches perfectly. It's like ah, this makes, makes sense. sense. Mm. This okay. actually, for once, makes sense. Mm. Now the other question has always been about like how many bullets were fired, right? Mm. Everybody's here because you have eye and ear witness testimony of all the people at the plaza, right? You've been at that plaza. I have. It's kind of a weird shape, right? Yes. Weird shapes create weird acoustics. So, in this case, ear witness testimony is kind of useless because you have all these different yeah, buildings. There's a lot of sounds also. It was a parade, so there must have been a lot yeah. of other sounds. Going there's on. an overpass that the car is going to go through. You know, it's just a lot of concrete, a lot of brickwork. Uh, so, sound will bounce in mysterious ways, combined with the fact that. When you hear gunshots, you're actually hearing two things. Right. You're hearing the sound of when yeah. the trigger is pulled, the explosion in the gun propelling the, the bullet. Yeah. And then you hear Impact. the bullet pass you, like the, the sound of the bullet. So all of these things, if it's three shots, totally feasible, totally able to be done in the amount of time needed, then you would conceivably hear at least six sounds mm-hmm. from three shots, probably more because of the acoustics of the space, it's going to bounce around. And also just like the panic of the moment and everything like, you know, I, I and your witness testimony, very unreliable in general. So that clears that up as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No, I, I give you the, the ballistics. I have no doubt this guy shot the bullet. Fine. My whole thing is, was he paid? Mm. Who paid him? Mm. What was his motivation to do so? 
It could be, you know, it could be the mafia. It could be the CIA. It could be anybody. Right? Well, he was, you know, we see him be, he's a communist. Right. And communist sympathizer. Mm-hmm. So that would be his but, motivation is, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but but all of these things could be a, a front. It could be a story that we're being told that we, be. do, we don't know could whether be. it's true or not. Well, and so let's go back to my original so, question. I don't even know if I've asked the question is, is this a responsible film? Oh. Because. Yeah, mm-hmm. why not? Look at all the other shit they make. Well, <laughs> true. I, yes. I mean, okay. In a big picture sense, of course. Like this, like a movie's a movie and you go into it knowing that like, oh, wait, Kevin Costner didn't solve the JFK murder. It's uh, Jim Garrison. I understand that. But as far as when I see it now, considering the past five to 10 years and the way that conspiracies with and the way the uh, conspiracy interest and the internet have gone together mm-hmm. to create this beautiful monster that we're all wrestling with right now mm-hmm. and we'll continue to wrestle with until we undo ourselves. I just wonder, I view it differently now, this movie, where it was mm-hmm. intriguing as a young man, as a teenager, and you start to ask quite, I'm just asking questions, guys, mm-hmm. you know, like, and now this is a joke. Is that like, I'm just asking the question. I'm just saying something wildly irresponsible on my huge platform, but I'm just asking the question. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just asking it. And I think, isn't that the whole point of freedom of speech? That Mm. we have the right to ask questions? Well, yeah, of course. So then... Well, but if there's actual data and you're not going to look at it... But the, see, that's the thing. You're seeing the data and you're saying the ballistics are solid. And, you're sa- and, and I'm saying You're seeing that, the entities and, and how I'm they all work together. And I'm seeing like all the other stuff and I got saying you. it's not as solid as just, it's not just the, 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 the data on happened. the gun. Yeah. It's, it's all the other exactly, stuff yeah. that would have led up to or happened mm. after as a consequence that we probably may or may not know about. Right. So, and I, this is where I, I totally agree with you. And this is what I'm saying is like, I couldn't tell you right. what's real or what's not real with that stuff. And that's those are things we will probably never know. Yes. Um, at this point, most of those people are dead, and know. you don't know what you don't know. Shrishy science. Hashtag Shrishy science. Until the uh, files are released, right? Right. Which there are still files waiting to be released. Every president has pushed them back. They're released. Biden, no exception. So I think let's push back a couple of years now. And then I think there was a whole like civil rights angle to this, right? That mm. it's possible. That JFK supported civil rights. Super progressive. And then there was the whole conspiracy about who murdered Martin Luther King. There's yeah. Oh, Jim Crow is still in effect. We, we got the civil rights around, around movement. That. Yes, absolutely. And all of these side pieces just point me towards like. <sighs> well, in the way. What you're talking about, again, let's go back to Mr. X. He puts it perfectly. He's like, this is how it comes together. Right. Nobody says anything mm. officially. Right. Nobody, you know, it's there's no paper trail. deniability. Right. It's just like everywhere. somebody floats an idea mm. and somebody else knows a guy who knows a guy <laughs> who knows somebody who might be willing to do this for us or what? And maybe we get those wheels in motion and maybe this, but don't talk about it. Totally feasible. So- but that being said, the actual film that we're talking about, JFK, and listener, if you're still with us at this point, I'm sure you're enjoying our deep dive into all the ins and outs and your favorite scenes of JFK. When the, the stuff that is presented in the film is provably false, that's when it becomes irresponsible, I think. Or, But they didn't know that at the time? 
film mm. was made? Some things, yes. Some mm. things, no. But then I guess it is from the perspective of the people who were in it at the time. So they're just telling a story yeah, in sure. a given time frame from I, a particular perspective. I guess so. I think there's a little bit of cheating there because I doubt that they would be able to synthesize their own times in the same way that Stone is able to as far as... They do paint the picture of all, the, all these people we're talking about, MLK and, and Bobby and all this... And um, and the intelligence agencies, like, they talk about all that stuff in a way that's more comprehensive than maybe they would have talked about at the time. But also, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. So, yeah. so anyway. Good movie. Ultimately, it's a good movie. It was a long-ass movie. Well, and you we were watching the director's cut, which is, oh. again, I cannot stress this enough. Media creators, producers, releasers, or whatever, I don't mind a director's cut. But please make the original easily available mm. i have a list of director's cuts that are worse than the actual movie that was released what are we missing here for our comprehensive look at jfk <laughs> not much i think we talked about good. yeah i mean i mean the movie itself was it was a well-made movie yeah the movie itself he's using a bunch of different Technique. media yeah like you're seeing super eight oh speaking we let's talk about the zapruder film we have to talk about that because at this point, when this movie comes out in 91, it's out there, but the public, like they say in the film, didn't have access to it until the 70s. Like it mm -hmm. was it was shown on a television show in the 70s, the mid 70s, I want to say. Um, what did y'all think about seeing it on the big screen, so to speak? Had you ever seen it before? Does it prove? No. Um, well... Obviously, I've seen this film before, and I've seen it in this film. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's quite shocking, really. It's it really is like there isn't much comparable to it. I mean, there is footage of his brother being murdered, I guess, mm. but his brother wasn't president. Back into the left mm. again. Ballistics are conclusive. What happens? You get hit in the back. You go like that. Is the react is like the nervous system reaction. So back into the left when they're talking about, and you and they mm. repeat it over and over again, and you see the footage, and they zoom in closer and closer, mm. and you're seeing this man's head come apart. Mm. And also, let's talk about entrance wounds and exit wounds. The exit wound will be bigger than the entrance wound. So when his face literally explodes before your eyes, mm -hmm. that's not what happens when you get shot face forward. So. Grassy knoll stuff doesn't fly. There's no doesn't hold any water. Yeah, it's just crazy to see. I don't know. It's a crazy thing, and it's crazy that it's caught on film. Yeah, it's crazy that it happened to begin with. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. I don't know. It's really shocking, and it did. I am. I'm. Well, again, I wasn't there, but everything I hear and read is that it did put the country into a state of mourning. They were the young, beautiful, fresh faces of a new generation, the new America, right? We're finally getting away from the old warmongers of the earlier part of the century. We're, we're starting to worry about our society and how we live together and mm. worry about our, our homes and equality and living up, fulfilling the promise of what the country is fucking built on. And they just fucking shot him. They. See, I'm already, I'm still... Yep. Mm, you know? Mm -hmm. or be, and so let's talk about this part of conspiracy theories. Why do they exist on things that have plausible explanations? 
we, it's so hard for our brains to comprehend something so, again, shocking, like something that shouldn't happen. It's, it's, we can't cope with it. So we, we try to bargain with ourselves and we create these scenarios of, well, it could have been this, it could have been this. Ultimately, from what we know. But aren't these conspiracy theory scenarios more mind boggling than the story that we're being told? Yes, right? Right. So, and the story, oh, but, like, but the story if, we're being told, per the Warren report and per recent ballistics, turns out like it's pretty much what they said at the time. Yeah, but that's like the least controversial. Oh no, the, the murder is totally controversial. That people always talk about second shooter. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, fire. like saying that it's you know it was one guy who, like, I don't even know. So I don't know fully. This, like the official story yeah. as to why he did it. Oh, it's because he was a communist sympathizer That's and it. he was, so, well, yeah, I mean, it's... So it was one he, angry, He's an idealist. It he was, was one angry ideologue. man who, who sought to... Lone wolf. Independently, kind of, independent right. yeah. lone wolf mm-hmm. man that sought, mm-hmm. sought to... So that's like the least controversial explanation that brings in no other parties into question. Right. That's the simplest, like the yeah. most elegant way right. that it to could happen. It. And for whatever reason, we can't wrap our heads around because, that. I mean, we can, but why mm. would we We don't close? like it though. <laughs> no, it's not about liking it. So obviously there are, for a conspiracy to, theory to exist, there's other like threads, Right. And I don't mm-hmm. think these threads just occur in by chance. I think there's mm-hmm. there's truth truth to those threads, but pieces have been taken away, and we don't we're not always able to put yeah, sure. you know the full story together. And of so course. this one is the one that's easiest you know that's e- easily told, easily sold, and easily believed kind of situation. And, and if all you're doing, if the only information you have is this film. Okay, and you don't have the ballistics data, mm. then you have nothing. I mean, I had no interest in going and researching this right. and oh, figuring it out. Like, oh, I mean, okay. I'm happy to be told. Yeah. See, I was- I'm happy to receive that information and then recalibrate what I what I thought I learned here. Does it? Is, does it interest me enough to go and do that research? Probably not. Interesting. Okay. See, because when I got. I had like a few phases with this movie. I saw it first in high school. And then uh, when I was in college, I bought it when it came out on DVD. And that's what sent me to the internet. At that point, internet's a thing and it's there's resources, right? Mm. And I watched the movie. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's right. JFK, this is a banger. This is great. And and what's up with this con, everybody? Why aren't we talking about this? And then I went and found the websites where they go through blow by blow and but dismantle. That doesn't, that doesn't mean to say that there wasn't I mean, the physical evidence, yeah, okay, tick, tick, we're explaining that. This now makes sense. Doesn't mean to say there wasn't something else going on. Oh, no, and I'm not even talking about, yeah. now we're be- I'm talking beyond the ballistics. Mm. They're conclusive. End of story. Mm. Um, I'm talking about like the the hobos on the train and the guy behind the fence at the grass, you know, like all of that stuff, that's been deconstructed. Like they, people have gone blow by blow through mm-hmm. all of that spaghetti on the wall and have picked it, pulled it down to say that like, it's just not, I mean, it's not, and you can find it. It's out there. Everybody just be responsible viewers. There, when you see there this stuff. like, um, evidence to, um, to, 
against the fact that the CIA was involved? No, I think that's too. There's too too many secrets around that. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Mm. I'm convinced it was the CIA. At this point of the podcast, I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this episode has gone the way that I had hoped, but we all agree the ballistics are conclusive. <laughs> Yes. Okay, I am not questioning the ballistics. <laughs> okay, that's all I need. I am calling into uh, discussion the power of the CIA. Yeah, it's, and the yeah, men's, to save their own skins and, and like and line then their this own whole pockets. Weapon complex that you were. There's so much at stake mm-hmm. here. The, it, it's totally conceivable, and we do the facts that we do know about the CIA or the FBI. Hoover's FBI, his personal. If we do end up going to see Killers of the Flower Moon. We're going to see a lot of J. Edgar Hoover nonsense in this early FBI stuff. Uh, but, you know, somebody like J. Edgar Hoover, he was in that position as head of an intelligence agency for, I don't know, like fucking 40 years or something like that. It was crazy. Like, he had dirt on everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course they're listening to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Snowden, you're so surprised the NSA is looking at everybody's fucking email? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Of course, that's what they're going to do. So yeah. I see your point. I mean, they're, and they keep that stuff mysterious and cloudy. And, also, and the thing, and that's, and that's the point of it. Like, it's just so, how do we know? Like today I question like half the stuff that comes out on the news and stuff, because mm-hmm. all of it is put out with intention. It's, it's misdirection. put out with, oh, yeah. with motivation. The, yeah. The, right? the, the, there's, it, let's keep everybody in a fear state and like mm-hmm. just confused and then hit with yet another disaster and whatever. And like. And if you're, yeah. if you're in office and there's a, something happening that makes you look bad, like, oh, look over here. There's a thing, you know, drop, throw a bomb over right. there and hey, look at that. We've got a war over here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. That is conclusive. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that kind of nonsense yeah. that has always gone on. But the, that doesn't mean will. to say that. I mean, it's possible to even unpick yeah. what's relevant yeah, um, exactly. and know what you should know. I mean, it's uh, it, it's so well camouflaged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an intriguing topic. It's a great discussion. It was a great discussion. Well, let's do the business. Let's do more mm-hmm. conspiracy theories. Okay. <laughs> well, right. I would love to. <laughs> we just need to get better. We need to get better at acknowledging that sometimes crazy shit just happens. Mm-hmm. It's just hard for us to wrap our right. minds around. Fair it. enough. I think. I th- Fair enough. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, I learned that idea watching a program that had an interview with Newt Gingrich, of all people, describing this, our predisposal to conspiracy theories and why. And I always thought, like, that's actually a well-put point. He's right there. Fast forward about 10, 15 years, this dude, he's out of his fucking mind doing the exact (laughs) thing he was railing against. Ridiculous. Monster. Gravedigger. Okay. So, doing the business, uh, Shrishma Nike. 1991's Oliver Stone's Kevin Costner's JFK. We didn't talk about Costner. We'll get, we didn't talk about him at all. We didn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. On behalf of, because Carolyn really wanted to talk to Kevin. Yeah, yeah. So I do want to give Kevin some shine here. This is coming at peak Costner, it, early 90s. Do y'all know Kevin Costner? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We what what do you know him Costner. from? Um, Dances with Wolves. Yes. Okay. His masterpiece. Um, he <laughs> was, was known p- to do Westerns. Yes. Yeah. 
because true? my dad loves westerns mm-hmm. and he knew the name Kevin Costner. Oh, okay. Has he seen Open Range? That's the I one. I don't know. You okay. have to ask him. But he 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 did a couple. Like I can't name the movies, but I know the name for sure. And I would I would recognize him any day. Okay. So what what's the chronology here? So if we're saying Dances with Wolves, JFK, what Dances came with Wolves first? Is Ninety, I want to say. Give it's, me some names that he he did. Okay, so he's in uh, at least two of the most important baseball movies ever made. One is Bull Durham, um, and the other is Field of Dreams. I oh, I've, I've seen that. that I haven't seen that in a long time. I think it's I like a, that. It's a beautiful movie. Uh, that's a movie that's guaranteed to make any American man cry. Like it's just a, it's it's the American male trigger of just daddy issues. <laughs> Play catch with me. It's a beautiful movie though, and James Earl Jones is a fucking boss in that movie. Mm. Was he in any action movie? Well, he's in 1991. This same year, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, Hello, my oh, God. Listen, I have Gisborne, of course. Oh, God. Robin of the Hood. <laughs> Your father yeah. died a coward. <laughs> was he in any dragon movies? I don't think he was in a dragon movie. He's in uh, Waterworld. I was gonna say there when. Go. So yeah. when? Because yeah. I mean, the one that, I know that's him from. Uh, that kind of tanked, didn't it? Yeah, Waterworld. Pardon the the one-two punch of Waterworld and The Postman, another post-apocalyptic. Okay. Yeah. Costner's Man Alone out in you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Those both kind of end this big first run of his because you got Bull Durham, Field of Dreams. Uh, Bull Durham, I think, was 88. Field of Dreams, maybe 89 or 90. Prince of Thieves, 91. JFK, 91. Dances with Wolves. He directs, stars in, wins all the Oscars for 1990. Mm. Uh, and then, oh, let's not forget the fucking Bodyguard with oh. him and oh Whitney. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, there we go. This dude's on a fucking heater. World and Bodyguard. Yeah, okay. That's where I knew him from. So he's around and he, it's so interesting though because he is the blandest white man you could ever hope to meet like he does look like well, you know, it was american a time dad for white men well, there was anything when is it not right <laughs> <laughs> you'll notice he's still on top today as the star of yellowstone another show bunch of, i've heard it's a good show guys i hear really different things but yes yeah, so let's wrap it up okay <laughs> anyway that's your costner buzz we'll get carolyn to talk more about how much she thinks he's handsome later okay sure we like though this movie do we keep watching it Yes. Um, yes. I think it was a good movie. Okay. Uh, good, good entertainment. Um, the acting was good. Yeah. I like it. Bonus question. Does it succeed at recreating the era it's trying to recreate? Yes, but just not enough smoking. More smoking, right? Yeah. Take a note, Hollywood. Catherine Sherlock. Mm. 1991's Oliver Stone's Kevin Costner's JFK. Do we keep watching this thing? <sighs> Not sure. I could probably live without seeing this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> or at least I've got to give it five years. It's pretty singular, I think. Yeah. Is there anything like it? Mm. Other than Nixon, his follow-up? Boy, that's, mm. a, that's a great weekend. JFK with a Nixon chaser. <laughs> wow. God. Um, Tony Hopkins playing Richard Nixon. Who doesn't love that? Yeah. Everybody, including Tony Hopkins. You mean Anthony Hopkins? We're tight, though. I call him Tony. <laughs> Tone. So do you want to watch it or no? Eh. You can say no. Well, I mean, this is for, like, other people, isn't it? So should other people be allowed to watch this? Is, is that's 
the question I'm answering. <laughs> yes? It's a recommendation. It's your recommendation. Right. It's a should. I, if you're curious, then yeah, sure. Okay. One time at least. Yeah. Give it a spin. Why not? Right. Yeah. I agree. Give it a spin. It is... These guys find it a little snoozy. Uh, it is long. I'm not going to debate mm. that at all. No, you can't argue those numbers. That's the data. That shit's long. And also, it's a lot of people talking in smoky rooms. It's a lot of it's a talky movie. But they shake it up. They make it visually compelling. A lot of flashbacks. A lot of alternate timelines and things like this. So, yeah. Watch it. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy the craft behind it. It's a very mm. well-made movie. Enjoy John Williams' beautiful score, very powerful score as well, and enjoy the Zapruder film, uh, I guess. I mean, enjoy is not the right word, obviously, but it's significant for that alone, just to be able to see that and to see it the way it's presented, I think is is important. It's a powerful scene, that court courtroom mm-hmm. finale. You know, it, it is, does. Yeah. So while the the what it presents is inaccurate, the grander message of Ask the questions, especially of your country and the people who control that knowledge, think that is a worthwhile message. As long as the goal is truth, as long as we're trying to get to what's actually real and what what happened, I mm-hmm. think then that's a mm-hmm. worthy message. And that's where the film yeah. succeeds. Um, but there's a bunch of crazy shit in there. So yes, watch it, but also do your homework. Mm-hmm. Internet's right there. It's in your pocket. Go look this stuff up if you got a question. There's a reason why... Some of these things haven't played out the way that this movie would imply we would want them to. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, okay. And then for our beautiful, fabulous Museum of Mid-Century Life, I don't have anything. I'm going to say Jim Garrison's glasses. What do you want? I didn't see anything of. Okay. uh, Jackie's pink dress, maybe. (laughs) Okay. Catherine, anything? Uh, Well, I was going to say no. Uh, I certainly didn't come into this, but just sitting here right now, I would say the hair pieces. Oh, true. Actually. Oh, I'm going to check. Okay. Hair pieces for you. I'm going to say the magic bullet. Why not? <laughs> yeah. just, just to have so we can look at it, you know? And that concludes- Re-explained. The magic bullet re-explained with a good like infographic. Yes. With with the ballistics charted out? Yeah, yeah. That the, are so conclusive? all the knowledge that Jay-Z dropped. Cold Case JFK. It's on in YouTube. In form. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Done. Done and done. And we are done with JFK. Well done. Sad, not happy anniversary, but yeah. I mean, general you know, okay. remembrance. In remembrance. Mm, yeah. Yes. And, but let's talk about next week, you guys. We're going to wrap up old time movie machine for, for now with our big conclusion of the month. This has been a pretty bleak episode. A lot of darkness here. We need to lighten things up. Let's throw it back to, again, one of our core window closers here, the British invasion. And what results of that? especially in the United States of America, we're talking that thing you do next time. Okay. Okay. Tom Hanks special, written and directed and starring Tom Hanks. That thing you do right here on Old Movie Time Machine. Guys, thanks so much for having this really uh, rambly, loosey-goosey conversation. We covered a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of dancing. We did. So... (laughs) Okay, guys. So we'll see you next Wednesday. We're talking that thing you do. It's uh, another banger. So you check it out and get caught up. Yeah, we're gonna be talking that about that song. I reckon we'll probably talk more Beatles. Sorry. This recent Beatles thing. No, it's great. I'll just keep going. I'll I don't be think the outro. I've seen that. 
That thing you do? Yeah. Oh, you're going to be delighted. But I am think I, maybe. Am I? It's fun. When am I ever but delighted? You don't like the Beatles so much. Uh, it's not a dislike. Oh. It's. Yeah. And there's not much to, to Beatles specific in this. It's just the fact. Well, we're going to talk about it next week, you guys. Okay. So, all right. All right. <laughs> that being said, please never forget this has been Old Movie Time Machine.